Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. Got a couple things to cover. First off, uh, I just discovered that the donate button on my heyhumanpodcast.com page has been broken for two years. <laughs> two years. Um, I got an email today uh, from someone who was trying to donate and on the support page. And they said, hey, it doesn't actually go anywhere. It just goes to PayPal and it's not actually linking to anything. So I went in and I redid the coding and um, <laughs> it now works. So if you have tried in the past to help support Hey Human through the donate page, um, please try again. It, it works now um, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I can't believe it's Two years is a very long time. Well, not not quite two years. I guess it would be two years in July. A year and a half, but still. Oh my goodness. What the heck. Um, uh, speaking of supporting Hey Human, uh, I want to remind everyone that I have the Amazon affiliate with Hey Human. And if you go to heyhumanpodcast.com, uh, there is a Amazon portal that if you click on the Amazon portal and do your Amazon shopping as normal, um, it kicks back a small percentage toward Hey Human and helps support uh, Hey Human functioning and running uh, for for y'all and for me. Um, reminder to rate and review Hey Human podcast on all of your different podcast places. Some of you, it might mean on your apps, uh, in the apps uh, stores, uh, or I'm sorry, within the apps themselves. Um, and for some of you, it's iTunes. So... Uh, It's great to rate and review on iTunes because it helps propagate it. But anywhere you can rate and review, Hey Human, please do so. Greatly appreciate it. I'm on all the social media under Hey Human Podcast. I'm also under Susan Ruthism. And uh, if you're into music, uh, I said this last time, I'll say it again. I'm on iTunes under Susan Ruth. And you'll find a bunch of my albums on there as well. So every, every bit helps. Um... Oh, I wanted to bring up, I saw a great movie this past weekend called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's exceptional. Highly recommend it. Um, I'm hearing great things about The Shape of Water. I'm going to go see that this weekend. And uh, I did go see The Disaster Artist. It was so funny. I loved it. And um, also, if you haven't seen The Florida Project, it's exceptional as well. Those are my movie reviews. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have nothing to do with Hey Human Podcast, but what the heck? I figured I might as well say what I thought of those movies. Um, oh, and I'm reading a really good book called Homo Deus, uh, which it's exceptional uh, as well. I am I'm floored by how good this book is. It's by Yuval Noah Harari, uh, Homo Deus, H-O-M-O-D-E-U-S. It's very, very good for you readers out there. Um, check it out. All right, this episode of Hey Human, I spoke with Seiko uh, over Skype, um, delightful man. He is a port trucker, which means, and he lives in uh, the California, uh, his his ports are Los Angeles and Long Beach. Uh, what it means is uh, he is a trucker who goes and picks up the, um, the goods, you know, they come in to the ports, the truckers then pick up the goods in the containers and then they take them off to like the box stores like the Walmarts and the Targets and and that kind of thing. Um, The reason why I wanted to talk with Seiko is because he uh, has been a mighty advocate 
and uh, activist uh, for trucker rights because many of these port companies, these trucking companies, um, have horrifyingly poor practices with regards to uh, labor practices, rights of the truckers, uh, in some cases, just uh, these sort of grand switcheroos on having them lease their trucks and then just when they're about to pay off the truck, they get fired and the company keeps the truck and doesn't reimburse any of the money that the truckers have paid into the trucks. Um, there's all sorts of stuff going on, health stuff, well-being stuff, long hour driving way past the legal limit um, that is... Yeah, I believe the states require 11 hours or less, and these companies, these trucking companies, are pushing for uh, workers to, to drive much longer hours to the detriment of their health and well-being and the safety, of course, of other people on the roads. As I said, Seiko is an activist about this particular cause. He has gone so far as to go to Washington and speak with people on the Hill about this. Um, and he tried in vain to get the mayors of both Los Angeles and uh, Long Beach involved. And at the time we did this conversation, which is less than a month ago, uh, he was up against a, a brick wall, basically. <clears throat> there was nothing happening in terms of the mayors of these two cities. As of today, uh, I just read uh, a art an article that due to the pressure from the Hill and from Seiko and the Teamsters and all these different places, they're starting to quote unquote look into the unfair labor practices of some of these trucking companies. So a little bit of progress there. I encourage you to listen to this episode and uh, let it sink in. You know, I mean, stuff doesn't just show up in the stores. There are people bringing them to us to, to purchase and those people um, are being treated horribly. Um, oh, and I also want to update uh, that Costco and Goodyear caught wind of these unfair practices by the trucking companies and have canceled their partnerships with them. So kudos to those companies for making a stand uh, on behalf of human rights. And I don't know if you can hear that, but clearly the neighbor's dog is also very upset. So sorry about all that barking in the background. Okay. Thank you for listening to Hey Human Podcast and for getting the word out. I really appreciate it. And here we go. Hi, Seiko. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. Thank you for being on Hey Human. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. My pleasure. Uh, so we were introduced from a mutual friend, Andrew Slack, and he sent me a, a bunch of links talking about what we're about to talk about. Um, you are a trucker? Yes, I am. I work out of Los Angeles and Long Beach ports. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been a port truck driver for uh, over four years now. Okay. And uh, are you, did you come from somewhere else? You've always been in Los Angeles. I've, I've always been in Los Angeles, uh, been in Los Angeles and, and Long Beach area. Okay, so why don't you, I guess the best way to start is at the very beginning. Um, what we're about to talk about is really um, a very serious subject. What's going on? Okay, um, 
Well, let me just give you a little history for myself. Uh, like how I mentioned, I've been in the trucking industry for about four years. Mm -hmm. uh, prior to this, actually, uh, trucking was not even something I ever looked forward to. Actually, I worked for an attorney service. Now, I got into this because one of my friends, mm -hmm. uh, he told me that you can make an X amount of money. It was going to be good. But also not understanding that we're that he was over the road. Uh, he was going from state to state. And anyways, I, I ended up being a port truck driver and the dynamics from that was a lot different from what he was telling me. And so I got into the industry. I didn't, I was, I was very brand new to it. And when we first got into it, uh, this, even the company themselves, they were saying, Hey, this is a great company. You can make all of this money and giving me this, this idea that I will make like so much money that it, it, it would benefit me that it was okay that if they, if I pay for the lease, if I pay for the insurance, if I pay for, uh, the fuel, like all the, the overheads to, on the truck. So yeah, on the truck. And mind you, even these trucks, there were ne these, this particular company, there was never guaranteed that I was ever going to own it. It was renting the equipment in order to do their work, and I was only able to do only their work. You weren't allowed to so, go work for other ports or other trucking, according to the deal that they wanted you to sign. Yes, that I was. I was only to do their work. I was only to perform anything that the dispatchers had. I couldn't go look for any other work from any other company. Even though, like, I'm essentially renting this truck from them. I was paying the insurance. I was paying the fuel. Like an independent I contractor. Still... You're an independent. True. Mm -hmm. But as yep, an independent exactly. contractor, you should be able to go work for anybody you want to, but they didn't. Let's back back up one second. It's my understanding okay. that um, that it used to be that the, so there's, in LA, it's been California, they have a lot of regulations around air quality and all that stuff. So at one point... They, the government or the, you know, the federal government came down and said, hey, these trucks are poisoning the air and y'all, your companies need to do something about this. So the companies, instead of paying for it themselves, they had, they came up with this idea that the new rigs that they needed would be paid for by the contractors instead. And that's where things started getting dicey, correct? Yes. Uh, ever since deregulation. No. Honestly, it was right before my time of coming in, but all of that education came afterwards when I found out what was my rights as a worker. Um, and especially with deregulation, because now the ports, they were, they were trying to be green ports. They were trying to make sure they clean up the air. Um, and now there are outdated trucks that they either had to be retrofitted or you just had to buy a brand new truck with the newest uh, technology within the truck as far as emissions is concerned. So, therefore, that a lot of truck drivers, they had to either come out of the pocket if they were able to afford it, or these companies were out there stating to them, like, hey, I got a truck for you. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll do the cost, and you can have a payment plan. Pretty much that's what it was. A payment and plan so to they rent they, or to buy? They're saying... Uh, a lot of these truck trucking outfits, most of them, they are they are leased to own. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. They're at least on, on like my company is one of the very few, if not, I think we are the probably only ones where we lease, we rent, and we'll never own it. You know, because it's under the company. But most of these companies, they're leasing to own, and they give them like a five-year lease. Uh, so they'll go, they'll be good for maybe about two or three years, and all of a sudden they're not given that much work anymore all of a sudden their payments are kind of coming a little bit thinner because now the work isn't there supposedly but there are other drivers that are working alongside of them that just came in got a new truck but they're getting the work so in turn when these truck drivers who are near the time of them owning the trucks all of a sudden the companies and dispatchers are not giving them work they cannot no longer pay for the truck and all of the expenses, so therefore they have to turn it back in. Or the company says, well, you're, you're coming up short. Can you come up with $10,000 in order to pay the, the rest off? No, they can't. They, they, they're, they're not able to. So they take the truck back. That driver is now gone probably to another company, most likely entrenched in the same situation. But that truck that they let go... The company owns it, and they'll turn around and lease it or to someone else and and get that money from them as well. So basically, if I'm a truck driver, and, and a lot of these guys, honestly, they maybe don't have a real firm grasp of the English language, and they're given these contracts that they don't understand. Clearly, mm-hmm. you're, you're not one of those guys, but I'm just saying that that probably happens a lot. And I go in, and I say, okay, well, this seems like a good deal. I'm leasing to own this truck, and then right when I get close to paying for it, the work dries up, supposedly, and let's say I put $70,000 into this vehicle, I don't see any of that money back, and they take the truck back. So basically, they've just stolen $70,000 from me, in essence. Is that is that a fair, yes. fair assessment? Yes. That, that is an absolute fair assessment, and it's a regular occurrence. And it happens time and time again, you know, and, and going back to where, yeah, I'm, I'm not one of those who I, I understand English. I can read English. As a matter of fact, on my first contract and actually a lot of my, the employees that I, I'm with uh, are the same time coming in and, and prior. All of our contracts actually said uh, and it was for employment. It was not for independent contractors. So on that contractor, I was as an employee, but the only thing that they stated to me was, well, you're going to get paid a little differently. You'll just get paid by the load. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Up until I received a 1099, that is when I found out that I I truly was not an employee. I was actually an independent contractor underneath the company on how they stated. So they lied uh, to you. Yes, yes, yes. Because and then not not till later. Then, then all of a sudden we had to redo a contract, and now everything else and paperwork has changed, and and now it says independent contractor. You know, because of the fact that we started fighting back for for actually our rights that we were unaware of up until the attorneys from other companies and then the after the attorneys the the teamsters came in uh to actually give us that education that hey we 
we are classified as employees. And these guys are misclassifying us because we're the ones paying for all their overhead on on all the expenses that they don't have to worry about. The drivers are. Yes. Well, that's interesting. The yes. Teamsters came in, and that's a very powerful union. What did what did they have to say about all this? Well, uh, they were actually uh, once we got a lawyer, once we got an attorney, and they came around. It was it was kind of a blessing on both ends because. They came to us asking, hey, how is it going here? How do you guys like it? And we had just got an attorney probably, gosh, I think, I, I want to say two or three months. I'm not exactly sure, but it was it was very close right after where we had an attorney. They were going to file a class action, and, and our attorney found that we were employees. And these guys came around asking if we liked it, if we're okay with it. And the Teamsters did? Once we had... Yeah, the Teamsters. Once we had our discussion with them, they were fully on board. They they had just finished uh, with a company named Toll and a company named Shippers Transport uh, with their lawsuit. They were going through unionizing that trucking outfit. So uh, they came over and they also reinforced what the attorneys had told us. Yeah that how we were employees. So that made it very convincing for us as drivers that, hey, look, we got an attorney that stated we're employees. We have the Teamsters who we feel like are very knowledgeable about the industry who are also reinforcing that. So how could we go wrong? And when more and more things that we were exposed to, that is when we truly started to believe that there is no question that we are employees, that they have been misclassifying us, and that we have been doing paying for all these things out of our own pocket for a multi-million dollar company. So the Teamsters are on board. You guys realize that these companies have been taking advantage. And from what I've read, it looks like, like some of you guys would be doing 20-hour shifts, and by law, you're only supposed to do 11 hours. And... And, but you were trying to make more money because you have to pay this massive debt back that truly legally you shouldn't have even, that shouldn't have even been a thing. And then on top of that, you know, if, if you were sick or you missed a day of work, they would fire you. They'd take the truck. Like all this stuff is just so insane. Yeah. And, and I know there are people out there that, that, that say, well, you're, how can you admit you know, they're to like a lot of to to my fellow drivers, and they tell them like, how can you admit that you have been running illegally? How can you admit that you've been running over fourteen hours a day? And they simply say to feed my family. Yeah. Because at the, and, and at the end of the day, like we, you know, anyone, anyone who's trying to be out there working hard. They want to make sure that they have food on the table for their family. Sure. Now, if it means that they have to do this and and they have to go over their logs, then, I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to make sure that you feed your son or daughter? You know, and, and not only that, I mean, that is one side of it. But there is also another side where my fellow truck drivers, where they were forced to make sure that they pick up a particular load 
because the customer really wanted it. Like they had to be out there on the road. I mean, fortunate for me in some ways, it's good where for, for my company, they have two drivers. They actually have a day driver and a night driver. Now, the only reason being is so that we work 12 to 14 hours. And then there's another guy who comes in who drives it for another 12 to 14 hours. Which is illegal, so that tra- by the way. Well, for if, if I'm to pay a lease, wait, which part? It's Well, it's illegal. Uh, from my understanding, it's illegal to have anyone driving for more than 11 hours because it's a safety concern. It's safety for the driver. It's safety for the other people on the road. But from what I understand, these guys, you guys are out there driving all day long and you should be making upwards of $1,000. And then because you're, quote unquote, having to pay for wear and tear on vehicles that you don't even own, you're only making $30, $35. And people are losing their homes and yes. they have, there's no medical. There's It's very twisted. Yes. And... and... And they kind of once once you actually uh, start this job and and it in some ways it's it's kind of a vicious cycle you know because now you 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 get into the industry or you get in here at the ports because it's local work a lot of people are hoping that they're going to be with their son or daughter or their wife they're hoping that they would have more family time but in in essence they're really not. You know, a lot of these drivers come off over the road so they could spend more time with the family. But the way the companies are here, how they were misclassified and how how the work is in, in order to make sure we pay for the lease and all of the all of the expenses. Actually, they're even though they're they're closer in proximity, they're so they're so much further away from their families because every day they have to be out there. And they're not spending time. Yeah, they're you sleeping know? in their trucks and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though their 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 house could be maybe like fifteen miles away, it's just more beneficial to sleep in the truck to make sure that when the the terminals or the ports open, that they're able to be there, you know, to make sure that they can have that money for their family. So what's happening? I saw that you went and spoke with some politicians about it and. You've, this has become your your thing. Does your company that you work for have has there been any repercussions for the fact that you're speaking out about this? Is any what's being yes. done? Well, Are the politicians listening to you? Is the well addressing the politicians? Um, let's start locally. Uh, we have uh, Mayor Garcia, which is the mayor for Long Beach, for the Long Beach terminals, and then we have Mayor Garcetti which is for Los Angeles. Uh, Garcetti has not really stated whether or not he's for or against the poor truck drivers. He's, he just hasn't responded to anything. Now, as far as Mayor Garcia out of Long Beach, he has stated that uh, he wants to be in conversation. He has publicly, uh, you know, kind of been there in order to figure out what can we do for the future. Uh, Recently at a Port Harbor Commission where Los Angeles and Long Beach was there combined uh, through Long Beach and Robert Garcia's uh, staff, they also brought that up was the, the issue of truck drivers. 
So for that mayor, he's at least acknowledging it. But at the end of the day, both Mayor Garcia and Garcetti, because of the, the contracts that they have with companies, that companies have to abide by local, state, and federal law. And they are able to tell those companies, whoever are breaking the law, that they are not able to go into the ports. Because working or doing business at a port is a privilege. And Mayor Garcia and Garcetti have the power of taking that privilege away from these companies. It's already been proven in the trucking companies or the the companies like Target and Walmart. Which companies? The trucking companies. Okay. The trucking companies, and that would also include Target because the trucking companies, like myself and many others, we're going in there for Target. We're going in there for Walmart and Home Depot and all these big box retail stores. Michael Kors. We're going in there for them. So definitely. If there was an issue where the Garcia and Garcetti as the mayors would tell these companies, hey, you cannot go into the ports because you have broken the law in our superior courts. Definitely Walmart and those big stores, they will either change to a company who are allowed to go into the ports or the companies themselves will change their business model. But the mayors aren't saying it. They're not. No, they're not holding anyone accountable. It's my understanding that, that, that Goodyear was one of those also who were allowing these practices. And when they found out, they changed their... They're the only ones. Nobody else would comment. Target wouldn't comment. Walmart wouldn't comment. Home Deep, no, none of these guys would comment. But Goodyear said, oh my gosh, that's not right. And they changed companies. Well, uh, actually, it, it's a surprise for me as far as uh, Goodyear is concerned. I haven't gotten that update, but it's great to hear. It's great to hear that at least there's one person or one company starting to. But yes, the other companies target especially, I've dealt with their local stores. Uh, We've tried to send letters out to, I believe it's Minnesota, to their headquarters, and there hasn't been a response at all. Why do you think that Um, is? It's the bottom line, right? Follow the money? Yes. You know, I mean... Especially like stores like Walmart and Target. I mean, they could not because, I mean, honestly, I feel as if that because we're the ones paying for all the overhead, that's how Walmart can have those rollback prices. You know, that's how Target can have those discounts, because I feel like those discounts are created by us taking a lot of that expense off of them and off of these trucking companies. So they don't have to pay as much, you know, so that that's kind of what upsets me, too. And I don't mean to go off on tangent, but, you know, it's kind of hard, too, because even like Thanksgiving was yesterday. Like, where am I supposed to go shop at? I I don't have a farm. I, I can't produce my own, you know, food. And I'm walking into the same stores that are doing this to me, yeah. you know. Yeah. And. You know, it's like, where are we supposed to go if I were to do something in my house? Like, I'm going to Home Depot. If, you know, Walmart, like, there's nowhere I could turn where the ports and the truck drivers and the warehouse workers have not touched their hands on these products. But yet Target, Walmart, Michael Kors, Amazon, and the list goes on. They know, but they don't want to do anything. 
the mayors know and they're not doing anything and yet especially with the mayors they they have all the power within their hand to make this happen today they should have made this happen yesterday but they choose not to are they being do you think they're being given lobby money they're getting paid to not do it by the trucking by the port so it's it's the port gets the goods from China or wherever, the port gets the goods and they sit in those big metal boxes and then truckers come in, independent truckers or contracted or uh, truckers that work for a particular company come in, they get all those supplies and then they take them to the warehouses, to the Walmarts and the Targets and all this stuff. And if you guys just stopped doing that, there what would there be scabs that step in? I get I don't know if that's probably a bad word to use, but that's what I remember from back in the day. Isn't that what they call people that cross picket lines? That that being said, I mean, is that the if you guys all said no more, we're not gonna do this until this gets fixed, there'd just be another line of people that are trying to feed their families that would step up. Yes, and and and, and... Yes, I mean there there are scabs. It's still called scabs. They are so. okay. I didn't know. I was like, gosh, I hope that's not like a bad word. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, we we if we were able to, uh, if we were able to stop, there would be probably another line of people to come in and take those jobs over. But that happens in any industry or any protesting. But if we were all able to at least just support truck drivers to really, uh, to really protest like that, there wouldn't be enough truck drivers to fill the, all all the locations. Um, but that has been real difficult because, for myself, I, I'm married, but fortunate I don't have any kids uh, to where it kind of gives me a little bit more time, a little bit more leeway as far as. Uh, being fully involved where there are other my truck fellow truck drivers there they wish they could but it's hard they don't know what what to do because it's either go on strike or how do they pay their bills for their home are the teamsters suggesting you strike are they trying to I mean, I think of the teamsters being so powerful how are they not going in and saying to these trucking companies this is not only unethical, but it's you know it's also illegal because a lot of times things in business are unethical, but it doesn't cross the line into illegal. But this is clearly this is illegal. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the teamsters, what I have seen is that they will give you advice, they will give you the full support, but that for us in particular, like they talk to our my fellow drivers and and us at our company our company is called intermodal bridge transport but they come and talk to us hey we would like to strike how do you guys feel as much as as supportive as they are as much as resources whatever that they will try to help out with us this is still our movement and they give us the right or they give us the privilege to to actually voice our opinion They've never came in to like say, "Hey, you have to strike this day," or whatever. Uh, they do tell us, "Hey, uh, if you guys like to strike, we're gonna. These other companies want to strike. Do you guys want to get on board?" 
uh, there was actually one time where we were, we were really debating whether or not we wanted to strike or not because we felt like our company has changed in a little bit. But we decided to strike anyways to show solidarity for the other companies, the other warehouse workers, for the guys who are actually fighting in our struggle. We spoke to them, and they were the ones who inspired us to strike. Uh, as far as the Teamsters, they're there strategically to let us know how it is as far as uh, legislative laws, you know, politicians, but also in the business aspect on what we deserve. So thankful to the Teamsters for that. And yes, they are huge and powerful, but I don't see them trying to come around and really bully people. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to make sure that we exercise our rights, that we just get what's fair, not what we get. You know, we don't want like a million dollars, but just get what's fair in the industry, get what's fair as as just an American citizen, really. Uh, and that's what I've seen with the Teamsters. Where you know, was to it? Make we sure... need the '70s Teamsters to come in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, I, I I do wish it because honestly, I do have a guy who was a former Teamster at our company. He, he's he drives with me, um, and. And he's like 50-something years old, and he used to tell me how they used to fight yeah. with people. And, Pretty yeah. intense back in the day. Pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Read, I've read some stuff about that, and it was pretty intense. So what's the plan? I mean, if you've talked to Walmart, you've talked to Target, you've talked to the Costcos and, and all these people and say, hey, this is going on, and American citizens are being treated not only unfairly but truly grotesquely, and they're not doing anything. In fact, they refuse comments. All the articles I read, they just refuse comment, refuse comment, which is, I mean, they're culpable as far as I'm concerned as well. And then, yes. I mean, what do you do if the mayors aren't listening to you? Then do you go up the next step and go talk to Congress, the Senate? I mean, where do you go? I don't know. Who do you well, talk well, to? And, and we have gone to, from we started from the Port Harbor Commission's we went to down to City Hall, L.A. and Long Beach. We've actually just recently, uh, we went to Washington, D.C. Uh, there was me and I believe five other, two, three, five other truck drivers. So there was like five or six of us total. And we all taken our story out to Washington, D.C. We have sat down with, I can't remember the name for the congressman for Oregon. Uh, we also met with the staff of Kamala Harris, Diane Feinstein, uh, Sherrod Brown, and Elizabeth Warren, because those four, uh, four senators actually were very supportive of, of us. Actually, they had sent out a letter to all of these big box retail stores, like we're discussing from Walmart, Target, and so on. Yes. So when we sat down with them, their question was they wanted an update on how is it going? Has it changed? And all of us looked at each other and replied, no, there has nothing that has changed. These companies are still acting the same way that they did before your letter until now. Their, your letter has done nothing. But that really fired the staff up, you know, and they're like, wow. So, OK, so they needed to figure out what else to do. The senators, you well, mean? The, yeah, the the staff for the for those four four senators, uh, 
because they're well aware of it. And when we told them there hasn't been a change, they really wanted to find out, okay, so what else can we do now? And as one of my fellow drivers, they began to talk. One of the key things is they move military uh, cargo off of the ports and down to the bases or wherever they have to go. So not only these big box retail stores are are doing business with these trucking companies who are breaking the law, but our own government, our own government are getting the discount costs from these trucking companies. And I don't know if they were unaware of it, but the, the staff mm-hmm. of those four U.S. senators definitely now, uh, from our conversation, are going to let let all let everyone know that the military and these trucking companies cannot do business together. Uh, so we met with them and it, it was great. They, they really support us. Uh, also, we had a press conference uh, out there in front of Capitol Hill afterwards uh, one morning and they were introducing actually a bill of rights for truck drivers. Uh, I believe they're introducing it to the House, and uh, hopefully we at least get Republicans to at least uh, lend their ear to us to hear what the issue is about. At least, I mean, as a truck driver, as coming from all, I just hope that they listen. Whether or not they agree or not, just to at least to have a thought on what we're we're dealing with. Because this isn't only in L.A. or Long Beach. This is occurring actually in all of our ports nationwide. Uh, I had a colleague out from from New Jersey ports, and it's the same over there, from Savannah, Georgia, the same over there. So all of us truck drivers who work at the ports, when we share our stories, our stories are all the same. So, why, you know, we need to change that. We need to make sure that all of the U.S. citizens who are truck drivers, port drivers, that we are getting treated uh, equally. Um, and uh, after that, that that bill has been introduced, uh, we met also with Bernie Sanders. Uh, he was very supportive. He's on our side. As a matter of fact, he even uh, produced a letter and sent it out to President Trump uh, to let the president understand what's going on. Uh, so all of these things are, are very recent. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see, I guess, in the upcoming year after the holidays. Hopefully everybody has a good holiday. But hopefully these politicians uh, are able to uh, really think about all of these issues at the ports and these companies who are mistreating their workers. So um, the port drivers are different than, say, a long-haul driver? Are those totally different companies? Uh, yes, and. and the port drivers, we, we only go to the the ports where the boats dock, and we usually deliver it to the local uh, to the local distribution centers, yeah, yeah warehouses. Yeah. But there are but there are drivers who actually take it straight from the terminals or the ports. So I, I would say there's really no difference other than wherever your destination is at. It could be local or it could be cross state lines. Do you feel that a lot of these trucking companies that are doing this weird debt for right to work situation, that when they see that the workers are closing in on 
paying for their vehicles that they, they just find a reason to fire them so they can take back the vehicle. I mean, that's a practice. It's actually, we, I talked about that at the beginning of our conversation, but that's a practice that they're basically being forced into debt. And then from that debt, they're being forced out of even having the product at the end that they were buying. And then they get, then the company gets to start all over. So basically they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars on these vehicles that never actually go to be owned to the person. So when new, is that correct? Mm-hmm. So yes, when new exactly truckers correct. Come in, like you're, let's say you're at your job and there's guys lining up to work. Do you say to them, don't sign this contract? Is there a way to get the word out other than what we're doing right now and having this conversation? How do you protect people that are up and coming, you know, that have unaware? Well, uh, as of right now, the only thing that I I have, I, I can see, because it's kind of hard as well to protect those who are upcoming. The only way right now that we have been causing awareness on Facebook, you know, um, around our community, uh, word of mouth right now, that's, that's kind of the only thing that, that we have. I don't know any other option as, uh, off the top of my head right now, only because like, as we discussed that a lot of these drivers are working over hours. So whatever, Whatever time that they have, they're going to try to spend it with family. Um, but just to send out the word as far as education to other others by word of mouth and Facebook, it doesn't seem to be happening fast enough. But I don't really understand what can what what else can we do? Yeah, and I understand um, that and- if you try and strike, that you you do have to feed your family. So how are you supposed to? strike get everyone to do it i mean i suppose if everyone did it but there's always going to be the people that don't do it and then your cause is lost yeah and 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 the companies themselves um actually our very first strike was very successful uh for our night shift at my company where i believe it was only five out of maybe the 40 drivers at night uh actually worked uh, those five drivers actually just didn't know that there was a strike. We weren't. We just notified people on Friday that we're striking on Monday, uh, and so they joined us the very next day. Now the thing is, is that they bring in these other companies. These other companies uh, that we see around, they hire those drivers and pay them an enormous amount of money in order to take our loads. So even though it's not even within our own drivers, they still hire other drivers that, that are around. And there's, there's tons of trucking companies out there. And especially if you're going to give them, you know, an absurd amount of money just to come and work. So they're paying scabs extra, instead of dealing and fixing this problem, they're paying scabs more money to just circumnavigate the the issue at hand. I mean, that's a slap in the face, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, you, you, you have no idea how upset we were because, of course, truck drivers, we know each other as well. And somebody was a friend to one of the guys and that came into our yard. Uh, he worked for a different company. And he told him, well, your company is paying me $500 for this shift today in order to do the, our loads. So the company is willing to spend all this money 
just for today because instead of helping us out throughout, Your you know, career. for our payment, yeah. yeah, for our career, you know, they they think it's going to be cheaper that way, you know, but yeah, $500 to somebody just to come and do this where even for us, there was no way they would do that. You know, we, we asked for raises. I mean, these guys even lowered our rate at one time without even notifying any of the drivers. The, you know, the, um, the port people did? Well, the company. The company. The, the company. company. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. I, I just, it's just something that came to my mind. I, no, you're fine. Over everywhere. But, uh, but yeah, the company. They have absolute control over our work, and they have absolute control over how much we're getting paid. And there was a time when fuel prices went down, and so we're just working. And all of a sudden, you know, guys were like, man, I feel as if my my check is a little bit lighter than it should be. It should have been a little bit more. Well, we all started checking, and come to find out, the company had lowered our rates because the fuel prices went down. And we figure, okay, that's fine, but at least you should have notified us. I mean, if we're independent contractors, supposedly, then you should have told us that. But you're not or independent contractors. That's the thing that's so <laughs> awful. They keep act- yeah. acting as if you are, but you're not. Yes, yes. So they changed it without telling us because it didn't matter to them, but now, the strange thing is, especially right now, since uh, or there was a price hike in fuel, when it went up, they didn't they didn't raise our, our rates at all. You know, and right now the the fuel is going higher. And so we're wondering, is it going to rise? It should rise if it went down. But these are the tricks that these companies do. Whatever, whatever pleases them, whatever makes a bigger profit for them. The truck drivers, we're we're just we're disposable, you know. We we come and go as they as as they look at. It. That's how we feel. We, like they don't really care about us, you know. We're just, you know, I, I, when we had our press conference, I pulled out like a piece of gum because that's how I think these companies really think about us. They really do chew us up, and then when the flavor is gone, they dispose of us and throw us in the trash and pop in another gum, and. You know, like even for the restrooms, we have porta potties. We, we we can't even have running water. I mean, it. Uh, they keep us outside. We we really can't go in the office. We have to have permission. So they really do treat us as if, you know, we're, you know, like uh, the guys at Home Depot that are looking for work. They stand outside of Home Depot. That's how they have us. You know, we have to line up. You know, whoever for work we have to line up and they tell us whether or not we have work or not you know it's so here's yeah, it. it's, why it's, why stay if you is there can you do other stuff do you are you do you feel like now it's your mission to make this change so you're staying so that you can make a change yes um i i'm i'm uh, i'm definitely staying because i i couldn't I really could. I, I mean, it was a long discussion with my wife as far as, um, you know, whether or not I would be willing to sacrifice this because I have that question all the time. But for me, just just to give you a little 
history, Susan, is that my father was a minister. And I've seen him do a lot of work. I've, I've seen him do things in which there was never a thank you or anything. But he didn't, he didn't do it for any other glory. He didn't do it for anything else other than making sure his fellow man is taken care of or fellow woman, you know. Um, and I, I was taught that and I'm going to uphold that. Uh, if it's going to happen to me, then why should it happen to like my brother or my sister? Why should it happen to my nieces and nephews or I don't know, whoever, whoever else may be getting a, a class, class A or whoever else is working in the warehouse or what, whatever the case may be like, how, if I'm not going to stand up today, then then how, how long is this going to last? How many families is it going to affect? I mean, not not only not the money, but even... Um, I mean, there are dudes out there that I know of that had gotten divorces just because of, like, their, the finances wasn't good, they're working all the time. So this scheme, it breaks up families. And that's... That is that that's that's how it drew the line, yeah. you know, for me, you know, and well, I think you make a good I, point, too, is that the reg, the regular person who's going into the Walmarts and the targets and all that stuff, that stuff doesn't just show up. The products don't just yeah. show up miraculously in a store. There are people, you know, busting their butts trying to get them from point A to point B and then from the warehouse to the store. Like those are actual human beings and they're being treated like garbage, like throwaway, not even worthy of a living wage. I applaud you for yeah. standing up to this. Well, uh, uh, how about this? Uh, applaud me when we actually get something fair for everyone. That, I'll you know, applaud you and, then and, as well, but I do, I mean, I think it takes, <laughs> it takes a special person to, like you said, to stick it in, to stay in it, because you could leave, but you're staying in it because you see an injustice being done, and instead of turning your back and, and just going to the next thing, you're, you're like, no, this isn't right, and something has to be done, that, you're, I mean, I applaud that, that takes a special kind of human being. Well, thank thank you, and I mean, and, and you know, meeting people like you, thank you to Andrew, you know, uh, but even for your help as well, you know, with with your podcast and all that, like, and spreading the word, I think that's that's the only way we can do things is if we do it together, okay. and and remember that we're all as one, we're all part of this great country, and that we could, it's us the people that's going to make this better. Yes. There's, there's no president, there's no mayor, there's no, like, governor, really, that can make this country better unless it's us as, as the, you know, as the people of this land, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. How can people listening help? What can they do? I know that there are people out there. I mean, you, you just mentioned it, too, that nobody understands how everything gets onto their shelves at the stores. But, and no, no matter what state you stay in, from Kansas to New York to California to Florida, wherever you are in this nation, those products are coming from the ports. 
I think it, the statistic was 70% out of LA and Long Beach and New Jersey and New York. It has holds another bulk of all the incoming uh, goods. And Seattle too, my home, my and, hometown. Yeah. Oh, Seattle. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's where I was. That's um, where I'm from. I live in Nashville, but I'm from Seattle. So. Oh, okay. Where it rains every day. <laughs> that's that's what we tell people. <laughs> but, uh, my message out there to uh, to everyone is, you can you can call, make a phone call to uh, L- Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti, make a phone call to Long Beach Mayor Gar- Garcia. You can write to those mayors. You can, and if you like, because there are also truck drivers who, and warehouse workers within their own state to even bring up their own local officials to make sure that they're understanding and, and they see that if, if in their own state, the truckers and warehouse workers and all of the industry service industries are all treated fairly, then at least bring them aware to it. And what I mean is like, Write a letter to them. The local council member meetings. Attend. Speak your mind. Let them know that there are issues with truck drivers and warehouse workers. Because even though you're in Kansas, there's a truck driver or warehouse worker that's probably treated unfairly as well. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, a lot of people who are out of California think there's nothing that they can do. Well, with social media, go to the Teamster page. You know, like and share, you know, whatever you like or listen to uh, Susan's podcast, anything out there to bring awareness to this campaign. That's how you can contribute. That's how you you can make actually changes Uh, right to your local, you know, city mayor, uh, congressman within your own state, as well as California and New York and New Jersey. So we can all be a part of all this. I just I think the biggest message, too, is for anyone listening is appreciate the fact that this stuff doesn't just miraculously appear. Understand that there is a human being behind every single thing in your home, every single thing you hold in your hand. And it's important that those people be treated with respect and care and be paid a living, you know, wage and to be treated with respect. Yes. It's an extraordinarily important thing to get out there. And I think, I don't think people mean to not remember that. I think it's just, we go through our day and you just don't think about stuff like that. So I am, this is my call to action to anyone listening is that understand that everything you have is brought to you by someone else. It's made by someone else. It's put in the store by someone else. We all have value, every single one of us, from the top tier to the, to the person that you may even, you know, to the homeless guy. Everybody has value. Yes. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you for Susan. being on Hey Human Seiko, and we'll try and get your message out as far and as wide as humanly possible. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop yelling. I won't. I definitely won't. <laughs> you don't yell, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely will not stop fighting because, you know, even if it's without outside of my own industry, 
Um, I think, I think it's just something I fell into where I'm going to be a fighter for anyone and everyone that are my brothers and sisters here on earth, here in, in, in America. All right. So I looked up the phone number for Mayor Eric Garcetti, the city of Los Angeles. The phone number is 213-978-0600. The email is mayor.garcetti, which is G-A-R-C-E-T-T-I at lacity.org. And I'll have that information on the website, heyhumanpodcast.com. For the mayor of Long Beach, that is um, the office of the mayor, it is... Okay, so for the mayor of Long Beach, Mayor Robert Garcia, the phone number is 562-570-6801, and his email is mayor at longbeach.gov, which is G-O-V, and the, the website for this is www.longbeach.gov slash mayor slash contact but if you just go to longbeach.gov it's it'll be on there i encourage any of you listening in california to contact these two gentlemen these two mayors mayor garcetti and mayor garcia about this issue and um as sego said honestly any one of the states everybody gets stuff so you know look up to see who the the person is in your in your state, the senator, Congress, all that, and uh, contact them. Because you know what? If it were you, you'd want somebody to do it for you, I believe. We are all in this together. Um, that's what being a human being is. It's protecting those who uh, need our protection, help. Um, I mean, it's a lot of things, but that's a big part of what it is. Uh I'm going to have links, like I said, and phone numbers on heyhumanpodcast.com. So if you're driving right now and you can't pull over and write it down or whatever, just know you can go to heyhumanpodcast.com and get that information. And I encourage you to do so. I wish you well, thank all you so the luck. And, and good. I mean, let's hope that, that the powers that be here hear this. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Susan. Thank you. And thank you for being on Hey Human. <laughs>